Hello, everybody. This is uh, Tito Bort at Alti Sales. Uh, here we are again with an SDR Superstar Series today. And uh, I have Louise Trump from uh, Degreed. Hey, Louise, how are you? Good. How are you? Good. Doing great. Excited about um, talking to you today, sharing some of your best practices with the audience and understanding what can they learn from uh, somebody like you who hit 400 percent of quota last month which is incredible yeah yeah uh, i'm super super excited so you know let's uh dive right in uh give give the audience some some value here so you're the best performer um help us understand you know i i kind of disclose this 400 of, of quota but how does that look like um at your company how many how many meetings do you need to get how, how are you measured yeah so we um we are measuring 10 meetings executed. I mean, the, the prospect and the account executive met and, and had a meeting and two qualify uh, meetings executed. That means that probably going to the pipeline. Okay, fantastic. So yeah, common, common lingo in Silicon Valley that I hear is uh, those would be 10 meetings performed and uh, some people call it SQL, sales qualified leads. I think in your company, you've, you mentioned their SQO, sales qualified opportunities, yeah. which makes sense um, as a definition. So that's really cool. Um, so help us understand briefly, you know, that seems like two SQOs per month is very uh, a tiny number for many companies because their products aren't too expensive. Mm -hmm. uh, so help us understand a little bit more about what your company does and why this makes sense for, for you guys. Yeah, so degrees of learning, uh platform and is a little bit of the new generation of learning and uh, we sell or target customers are enterprise companies usually we go after 5,000 or more uh, fortune 500 or fortune 100 or you know even fortune 50 and that's usually the accounts that we're looking for so our little more uh, bigger account bigger size contract that's why it's a lower number of qualifying meetings because it is a little harder to get those clients to respond and and to agree to a meeting right so when you say higher contract values I mean you know I talk to SDRs that are selling things from like $50 a month sometimes all the way to like $5,000 a month and they're like, oh yeah, 5,000 is a lot or like yeah, 10,000. No. Like wh where are you at? How, how so big some are contracts can go to million and others are a hundred thousand, usually a hundred thousand is our lowest for enterprise up to 500, you know, 500 would be a mid, mid side contract, but a million. So it's really big contracts. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Incredible. Right. If you're doing two sales qualified opportunities with million dollar contracts, that makes sense. Um, yeah. And you, you were at 400% off quota. So eight qualified opportunities yeah. um, last month worth. So millions of dollars in pipeline. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about your work. So is this, uh, how much inbound do you get? How much outbound? Um, what's your split? 80, 20, 50, 50? Uh, I would say 90, 10, I'm mostly outbound. The only way that something would come in inbound to me is that if it's one of my target accounts, like top fortune, something that's target and I have been working on it. So it, if it comes inbound on some form, which is like a white paper 
or anything inbound that's going to touch me and not the inbound group because I have been working on that account. Okay. That makes sense. Interesting. Um, cool. So, so let's talk about your company setup. You know, you're, you're working here at Degreed. Um, what, what tools do you use? Are you using a sales acceleration tool, a dialer, email, cadence, sequence, uh, data? Tell me what, what, what access do you have? Yeah. So we, we use uh, LinkedIn sales navigator to, um, uh, find our contacts, find our, you know, our people, see what they're doing and look at their profile. Um, we use zoom info to find the, the contact as well to be the, the, the lead generation. Um, we do um, outreach. We use outreach as our sales. Um, we do the sequence. We do uh, the calling through outreach as well. Okay. And um, Salesforce. I don't know if there is anything else. We don't have any call accelerator besides outreach. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, that's cool. And then, well, since you've said that you're using uh, LinkedIn Sales Navigator and you're researching accounts, I assume. Does Degreed only give you uh, accounts or do you get a full territory? You can grab any account in the territory. Do you have very specific target accounts? And then how, how much information do you get about the contacts? Are you researching like from scratch going on LinkedIn or do you get like, oh, here's 20 contacts, figure these ones out? No, usually we get the, the account and then we go from there to find the contacts in the account. That's why I, I use LinkedIn a lot. And then I use that and Zoom info to build my contact list to start the, to then start the outreach. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And then when it comes to, to the point of reaching out, um, you know, are you, uh, I, I heard you say you're doing some calls and then some emails. Do you have, do you have a, a call script that they give you and, and training regarding calling or is it kind of like on your own? How about the emails? Do you have a lot of email templates that are very structured and you get to follow or do you have a lot of freedom to kind of like do what, what do you feel? So we have some uh, scripts that some new reps they use and we have the freedom to create our own emails and that's what I do and that's what I think I do really good. Uh, I do I do go by the buyer persona and then what buyer persona I'm trying to reach and create sequence to that buyer persona, their pain points, what they care about, and try to align that pain if what my solution is are able to accomplish to try to create some um, adding value and awareness that what we do, maybe something that you're looking for, do you want to talk with us, that's something that interests you. Right. That makes a lot of sense. And, you know, uh, a little bit later in the interview, we're going to dive way more uh, deep into the, that exact methodology. Seems like the majority of your meetings are coming uh, via, via email. Is that correct? Yeah. 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 Okay. Even if I do touch on the phone, usually it's just like an extra touch, but they come mostly by email. Okay. Yeah, that's good. And it, it you know, very, very, very high contract value. I assume they kind of check out your website and they try to figure out a couple of things before they really agree to, to a meeting and an engagement. So before we jump into like the specific strategies, I want to understand a little bit about your, your, your compensation. So you have a base salary and then a commission. Mm -hmm. You mentioned the commission was based on 10 meetings booked and then two of them being qualified and moving down the pipeline. How do you determine what is qualified? Uh, do you have very specific criteria or is it up to the AE? Like who chooses what's qualified and what's not? Usually it's uh, you reach out to the right persona 
and they are interested in what we have to, to say and they are kind of what on the point ready to dive deeper into a de demo. So right. dive deep, deep into the demo and then somewhat like somewhat open to what we have to say because we're kind of like a new platform and some companies they're not ready they're not forward thinker and right. and it's okay like at least we're driving their awareness so if they are if they get what we do but they really we're not prepared then it's not a qualified meeting but if they get what we do and they're like oh that's interest that's something that we have been looking and then we didn't know we need that so that and then they, they're engaging and want to move that forward that's when it's a down the line and putting in the pipeline and that's something that we're pursuing and talking about okay interesting so so quick question here like imagine we're reaching out to like apple right and it's like you know fortune five yeah right and you get you get the head of learning and development yeah right? or v c level pretty much like vp of learning and development mm -hmm. the person's like i'll take a meeting and then mm -hmm. comes to the meeting and uh they're like oh um you know this is cool we'll look at it in 2020 we have too many other things mm -hmm. is that then not a qualified opportunity because they just it's just not the right time yeah so what we have is um so kind of like the AE that has a little bit of say. So if the AE don't think they're ready and then that lead has to be worked, then it goes back to the SDR and then we kind of have to nurture them, like keep touching and sending articles or anything that keeps them interest to go back and say, you know what, maybe I, maybe I am ready to listen to this again, or maybe that was not my Q1 strategy, but maybe it's my Q4. So if they kind of re-engage and show that their interest to move that forward, that's when it's a qualified. And some, and if it's a big company, sometimes the AE want to keep that relationship for himself and do this work himself. So, but if it's not Apple, if it's something a little smaller, then it comes back to us and like, you need to work that, that, that lead more to go down the pipe. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That's uh that's interesting. Um, and, and for the audience, uh, there's actually a conference they, about sales development from InsideSales.com where I'll be speaking. And I've picked that topic specifically, the SDR to AE handoff. We're going to talk about specifically the, the death zone, which is uh, something what, what, what Louise was saying, which is what happens if I book this great meeting, it gets to the AE, the AE says they're not ready, they come back to me. Uh, I kind of want to get them back, but I don't want to be too pushy. And then the A doesn't want to take responsibility for it. It's the yeah. great contact and target. It's just not ready. Yeah. Uh, they're shuffling my accounts in three months. What if I get different accounts? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. So if you're, if that's something that's happening at your company, uh, you're part of the audience, December 13th, um, I, I'm going to post a link at the bottom of this interview as well. So you can go, go sign up. Um, I think that that's going to be interesting. I hear that a lot. A lot of the people I've interviewed, not only for the SDR Superstar Series, like we are doing today, but also for like cold calling training and things like that. When we're chit chatting about their company, uh, a lot of people talk about this, like, oh, I'm sending it to the AE. The AE doesn't think it's good or they think it's 
better to do X, Y, Z and it changes things. So yeah. So it's kind of like a, a gray area that you, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. And, and, and there's, there's different ways to fix it. I'm going to cover that in the, in the conference. So if, if that's of interest, you should totally attend. Yeah. Um, so let me see where we were. You're a top performer. Um, we talked about your quota. We talked a little bit about um, you're compensated. You're at 400%. I lost track here of the questions. Um, yeah, so let's talk a little bit about the compensation, I think is what we, what we have left. Uh, you're, you're getting compensated on that. Is there a strong accelerator? I mean, your your goal is two qualified opportunities. Uh, what is the third one? Do you get paid more for the third one or the fourth one, the tenth one, the twentieth one, or is it about the same as before? Yeah, yeah, we have a little accelerated. Accelerated. I would. I believe it's twenty twenty five percent. Okay, so you get twenty five percent more for the third SQO versus and the second SQO. Okay, yeah, that's interesting. Um, and this, this varies tremendously again for the audience. Uh, I've seen things like a 300% accelerator uh, to like zero accelerator. So there's, there's various ranges. Um, and, and then do you get any compensation on the meeting closing? Like if you book Apple and it's like a $5 million contract and they sell? No, no I wish, right? Because it's a big contract. <laughs> exactly. So nothing coming your way. Yeah, that's another way to incentivize uh, SDRs to book uh, really highly qualified big meetings. But yeah, not in this case. Cool. So, help me understand your team structure. It seems like very high, uh, high contract values. Mm -hmm. um, field sales reps or are they inside? Yeah, field. Yeah. Okay, so you have field sales reps, and then are you paired to? You have target accounts, so or you're are you 100% paired with one AE, or do you have multiple AEs that you have a few accounts for? Yeah, we are paired between two and three AEs, and. Since they are field reps, they have their territory, so we are kind of working their territory. So we work territories. So you have one SDR for two or three AEs. Mm -hmm. Okay, that makes we sense. Their their territory and their territories divide between really high target accounts and and other accounts that are not so targeted, not so top priority, but we're still working on them. Right. Yeah. Uh, a lot of companies do that as well. They call it tier one and tier two or things like that. And, and they have like hyper targeted and, and a little bit less priority, but still like uh, expected to be prospecting. Mm -hmm. um, cool. So let's, let's dive deeper into your techniques and methods. Let's get really tactical here and practical for the audience. They want to learn how the hell does someone get to 400% of quota um, specifically via email. Um, tell me like what, what are you doing and uh, what can we learn from, from your strategies? Okay, so I think, and, and reading your, your, your articles, not every prospecting uh, strategy gonna work for everyone. So these works for me. I don't know if it's gonna work for everybody, but right. you, you know, people are free to try, you know, and see what works for you. So on me, it's like I'm, I'm targeting really high enterprise companies they're head of L&D people and they're really busy. And, um, and some of these people, they don't want to talk with us on the phone and they barely read their emails. So if they're going to open my email, I want to make sure that's something that adding value to Dan. I just don't want to send an email. Hey, have you saw my previous email? Hey, I'm checking up again. 
So I try to send every email some adding some form of value. So what I do a lot before I write any email, I, I look my buyer persona, I separate them and where are they looking for, what kind of pain points they're probably going and how my solution can help that pain point and try to write my email each email trying to solve one pain because I never know what pain they're going through and if they're going at all. But if I pick one pain for email, per email, and then try to put how my solution can help that and some way kind of try to engage them on my email and, and my seat, my call action actually depends if like early in the cycle, I try to be a little more soft call to action like is that something that you interest is that something that you're going through and uh, I try to get a stronger call to action and later on my sequence on asking if they have time and ask if you know uh, 15 minutes makes sense so I build that up my sequence in that way in trying to create an awareness that maybe what you're going through is something that we can solve and creating a better and stronger CTA through the through the sequence Okay, so I, I picked up on a few key things here. It's one pain per email. Mm -hmm. And then it's a growing in strength call to action. Mm -hmm. um, one thing I'm going to ask you to do, unless you want to read one of your emails uh, that has worked recently, is to share that, that email sequence with me. And, uh, you know, taking all the, like, proprietary information that we might not want to share or whatever, I'm going I'm to try to post as much value to the audience, you know, somewhere around this video, up, down, somewhere. You're going to see uh, one, two, three, four, whatever, a, a few emails at least that the audience can, can check out and start learning what are some things you're doing. And, and don't send me just the template. I want to see, like, an actual email that you sent and kind of worked or part of the sequence that you sent and worked because... I want to see your level of personalization, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of people are like personalized, personalized, personalized. And uh, what, what I hate is when people are like, oh, yeah, I just add value, for example. Like uh, you'll see this all over LinkedIn. Like, oh, when you call, call me. Don't ask if it's a bad time. Just add value. But, but they never give you the specifics. They criticize the specifics, and then they, uh, they give you very vague advice. What does mm -hmm. add value mean, right? And, and it's kind of like when you, when you get it, you get it. And you still say, let's add value, but you're at a different level of understanding. So what I want the audience to, to see is what does Louise Trump mean by adding value? And what does that look like very tactically in your emails so that they can uh, repurpose some of that content and thinking, internalize it, and execute for their own product and help them become better SDRs? So the way I separate, so I'm going to personalize. I just do really deep personalization to my top priority accounts with, where I take really the time to understand it and to take my message specific to that company, not just the industry, not just to the persona, but to that company, what I have been reading about that company specific and apply that message to that. Uh, company that's personalization what I say to the other companies I do a little more targeted like to that persona and to their pain points that they probably all having so it's a difference between personalization and target to you know yeah personalized to like the general industry or company uh, instead of like 
uh, instead of like the specific company, right? Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. uh, whatever X company just IPO'd, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, I saw your IPO, right? Mm -hmm. Now the question is, do you personalize to the company or to the department, right? Uh, do you try to find information about their learning and development program or like their head of learning and development? And like, maybe she, like her LinkedIn profile says, I love dogs. Are you gonna send her a picture of a dog? Are you gonna send her a meme of a dog? Do you ever do that? Or do you keep it very serious? You I have keep, a million dollar product, right? Yeah, I keep it serious because I think, I try to be more about how can I help your, your job? Like okay. I, I have tried before to be a little more personal about, hey, I saw you have dogs or, but that is in the end of the day, doesn't add the value that they need to, you know, to create the, the need to like, okay, let's talk. It's more about building report, I believe. So yeah. I try to stay on the, how I can see I can add value. And then as I say, like some companies, they're not prepared for our product. Like it has to have a little mature line of like the learning and development and and sometimes you can pick that through their um company reports or their even their linkedin profile you can see sometimes they they have a job description of what they do and sometimes you can pick how mature the company is and if there would be a really good value or if they're still on the on the, on the beginning of the process of recognizing where where it has it has evolved, so it's good to look at the, the the LinkedIn and see how how mature the company is, at least for my for my job. And then you mentioned something interesting. You said company report. So, like, what are some areas where you're finding data for personalization? Like, everybody looks at LinkedIn profiles. Everybody's mm -hmm. gonna go look at the LinkedIn employee count or whatever mm -hmm. with Sales Navigator. But but like, are you downloading like public companies? like quarterly reports and, and reading their finances and, and uh, sometimes like it depends on the company if, the, if it's my top top company then i'm gonna take the time to try to find as much information as i can but um yeah so i usually get the information through the linkedin the the articles that they share and uh the job description that they have on linkedin um public public and news about the company. Sometimes you can see a little bit there, um, um, like where the, the head of learning and development have spoke recently and what they spoke about it. Some, sometimes they give you a little bit of insights about their company. And if nothing else, I can see if uh, they're really innovator companies that tie a little bit of learning because for to innovate you kind of have to have the skills and the the future skills to innovate so that influence to like how the company it's mature or not mature or like where they add or how i'm gonna make my message to them so i feel things evolve and or change depending on the company cool that's very interesting i think that's helpful because we got a little bit more specific there into you know, their reports, looking at the conferences they have attended and, and how to find that data. A, a lot of it can come through LinkedIn. Like if I'm, a, if I'm a head of learning and development, I'm sharing an article on this conference I spoke. Like I do this, right? Like, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be speaking at this uh, conference on, on uh, December 13th. I mentioned it already. I said I'm going to post the link below. Like I'm promoting it. So now if somebody wants to target me, if they say, Tito, I'm really excited about your 
conference talking about the str 2 ae handoff and what you've learned do you have any other articles uh and uh where do you save those articles right and then they can be like oh i have a document uh, organization software that can help you or whatever you know like uh th there's a way in there um to really understanding what my head is going through over the next couple of weeks or where i'm just coming from so cool, that's really cool and I believe that there is so many vendors and they get bombarded with so many emails that some way you have to stand out. So I like you either have to stand out, stand out by knowing what they care, how, you know, what they probably going through, or you try to personalize if you have the time. And if that's one account that you think that going to pay off in the end, like one big account, then you, you can have the time to personalize to their account. Like, what you specifically saw about them and how you can help them. Right. Yeah. That makes that makes a lot of sense. Thanks for sharing that. That's really cool uh, because I'll, I'll share it with the audience. So seems like you you ha you don't book a lot of meetings via phone. You don't book a lot of meetings via social. However, you do use both, like social for doing some research and understanding how to target. And then and then phone. Do you do you ask them if they've seen your email or do you Whenever you leave a voicemail, do you say I'm gonna I'm, I'm sending you an email, or do you say call me back? Like, yeah, I I do both. I think I follow up, I call, and then I leave the voicemail, and then I send an email right away. So it's kind of like an extra touch. So even though I'm I'm not, so most of my meetings come by email, but it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a whole thing that works together and I touch their LinkedIn profile LinkedIn profile. They see that I visit and if they have shared any articles on their profile that has anything to do with what I do, I usually like it or even I sometimes I go forward and I make a comment. So kind of like a little soft touches here and there that builds this like, okay, and my emails uh, adding value. So it's a whole thing that creates like, okay, I, let's talk. Right. Okay. Right. I've I've seen some annoying people on uh on LinkedIn being like, you know, you post something, uh, and I, I I'm sure you're not doing this, but just want to clarify it for the audience. But I've seen somebody like I post like, oh, um, I think Bitcoin's gonna crash, right? Yeah. And somebody comments, hey Tito, uh, let's talk about learning and development. What are you up to on Tuesday at 10 a.m.? And I'm like, that's strange. Um, so if I post something like, hey, Bitcoin's going to crash, what, what would you comment or what would you say to that? Like if that was my last post and I'm head of learning and development, w would you add anything? Would you comment? Would you like? Would you not even touch it? Go to the I next wouldn't one. touch because that, that Bitcoin doesn't even have anything to do with what I do and doesn't even have anything to do with my product. But if you were saying um, – like my company, it's developing a new uh, product for learning and development. We are really excited. Then it, it has something to do with what I do. Then right. that's when I comment like, hey, I would love to hear what are you doing? What is your strategies? Or um, what exciting that you have on your roadmap? Or oh. anything that I create a, a little bit of connection. And I'm not trying to sell the meeting. Listen, that I'm just trying to hear more about what is exciting them. Right. Oh, that's really cool. I like that. This this yeah. seems like um, reminds me of even though I haven't read this book. I'm very honest about the books I read. I, I've I have a long list of like over 100 books I've read. I send those to Hector Forward when after our interview, because <laughs> uh, he was shocked by that. But I haven't read this book called Jab 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 Hook, which is by Gary Vaynerchuk. 
However, I do understand the concept very well. There you go. Is yeah. that what got you to follow yeah. that strategy? Yeah, okay. yeah. You want to build a, before you ask for the meeting. You wanna you wanna build the trust. You wanna build the message. You wanna give, 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 and then you ask. Right. It's mm -hmm. so hilarious. The audience is totally gonna think that was, this was 100% planned. We're, <laughs> we're giving a shout it's out not. to like Gary V, but but we're not. Like I had no idea you had that book. What yeah. are some other books? What else have you read? Like how do you how do you become a better SDR? I read a lot. I read your your articles. I read a lot of things on LinkedIn. I think people should totally take advantage of that. It's free. People are sharing. Uh, what I do, I'm not afraid to ask for, hey, I think you're great. Can you mentor me? Can you tell me what do you know that I should know? Or I'm not afraid to ask for people's, like, share what you know, share anything so i'm always reaching out to people hey i love your concept like feel you know like please share more or i don't know i'm always networking and trying to be a better sdr every day right i i i'm loving this interview because the sdrs are not only learning the tactics such as how to add value but they're learning the mindset behind somebody like you who's hit you know 400 of quota it's it's not about the latest tool or the latest trick or the latest thing it's about like on a daily basis grinding reading books reading articles reaching out to people asking for help mm -hmm. and uh and, you know if i can give some advice to that i i've done a lot of the same throughout my career if you go back to like my some of my first blog posts i i think the first one i wrote is the challenges in building a, a bay area sales team I, I remember reaching out to to professors in college who weren't even my my teachers and uh, to like alumni and say like, hey, Ed Chile, uh, I've been following your work. I love what you do. I wanna go meet with you. I can do any day, any time. If it's 3 a.m. on Tuesday, tell I'll me, be there. Tell me what works for you and I will be there. That's what I do. Right. Yeah, yeah I've, I've done the same and it works tremendously because um, I, I feel like, when you do that, people understand that you're there to like, just go above and beyond to get their advice. Yeah. Um, I think the worst tactic you can do, which is also like thinking of the SDR mindset is when somebody says, um, hey, Tito, can you give me advice? Uh, maybe on Friday at 2 p.m. or if you're free at three, like my schedule is too busy for me to try to cram you into when yeah. I can give you advice, right? Yeah. If you want yeah. advice. I I'll, wanna I'll work around you. your schedule. Right. Yeah. And you know what's funny? You know what I do nowadays? Um, because of these interviews and so on, a lot of people have been asking me for advice. And I purposely schedule all those calls very late at night. I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. Tuesday at 9.30 p.m. Pacific. And uh, I know they're Eastern. I'm like, if, if, if they want to go to bed before yeah. 12.30, that's fine. I don't have time. But if, if you want to talk to me, you want to get my advice. Um, I give a lot of people a lot of advice. I I've been very lucky in my life where I've gotten a lot of advice, but I've also known that I had to go above them. I would offer people like when people are traveling, I'm like, man, I'll go pick you up from the airport. I'll give you a ride to the hotel. Right. Yeah. yeah you know what house. it takes to get that person. They're busy. Like you're going to do something that around their schedule. You're not going to be like, Oh no, I can only do it seven. Like, Hey, you're never going to get a hold of that person. So if you tell me 9 PM, like, okay, that's a sacrifice that you do for what do you want? 
right? And it's also showing your commitment to to getting that meeting and advice. So really appreciate that. I want to hear, I'm, I'm a fan of books on top of Jab, 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 Hook by Gary Vee. Um, what are some other books that you think have in some way, shape or form influenced your work as an SDR? Yeah. So um, besides that, I think the... Or are there any others? I mean, maybe there's none. I, I, I don't want you to do like a whole thing of books right here behind a computer. Okay. So I read a lot. Um, I think that there's so many books out there that are great. And some of the books are go a little more about the base of the SDR, which is like the calling and the email and the, the structure. And some other books are more creative, such that uh, how to book a meeting with anyone that right. that's say a little bit about that, like creativity, you send a mailing. And I think that you can apply when you're your top accounts where you're going to spend a little more time and a little more money, uh, uh, make a little more thoughtful uh, approach. And right. that works, you know, if, if your company pays for it, and it helps you and it, it let you do creative work, then go for it. And that's something that I have been trying as well, like trying to uh, create a list of the accounts that I'm going to send things on the mail and I'm going to try to reach out in another channel, which is, I think, that direct mail coming back to, to do that's that. That's cool. What yeah. have you tried there? What have you mailed people? Uh, we have uh, how the workforce is learning lately. So it's like a report. Uh, to how the workforce is learning and involving and it's kind of like a little bit of like uh, awareness is like trying to awareness like is, is that where you at or have you thought about how the workforce is learning as I say again it's a little more about uh, creating the jab 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 to then after that I ask for the meeting so this is incredible what you're saying is you're mailing them a report on learning and development. Like what I've seen other people do is like, oh, I'm gonna send them cupcakes, right? And, and, and this can work many times for, for different areas. You know, again, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll give credit uh, for that to Matt Amundsen um, from Everstring, who yeah. was like, I love cupcakes and whatever, and, and he'll take <laughs> a meeting for cupcakes. However, like I've seen things like, I'm gonna send you a drone and I don't send you the controller for the drone. And if you wanna mm -hmm. take, if you take a meeting, I'll mail you the controller. Or I'm gonna send you a, a a case for these uh, Ray-Ban uh, sunglasses uh, and then you open the case, there's nothing and you're yeah. like, oh my gosh, and it's a note, right? Hey, if you really want the Ray-Ban glasses, yeah. you gotta take a meeting. But, but it's interesting because your approach, you've been talking about building value and like those things are like cool gimmicks to get mm -hmm. me a meeting. Mm -hmm. But if I get that, if I get a, you know, a iPhone X, you know, box and I'm like, ah, and then it's like, there's a meeting. I feel cheated and I'd be like, oh no. Uh. And if I'm taking the meeting, I care nothing about their product. Like, I'm just like, I'm just going to show up so I can get the glasses. I'm just going to show up so I can get the controller. And that's, and that's something that you need to be, be aware that sometimes if you're just doing that and you, you having people showing up because of the prize that they're going to get to get a meeting, maybe they don't have an interest. Right. I mean, your chances of getting an SQO, right, or a sales qualified opportunity are, are much lower, even though you might be getting more meetings. So it depends how companies compensate you and how much they're willing to spend on direct mail and things like that. But it seems like today we've gone a, a lot of really, really, really cool um, techniques and methods, uh, as well as like the mindset, the, the reading education. If you want to send me a list of books, I'll also publish it below. So we have a lot of things, links, books, cadences. A lot of, this is going to be a long blog post, so 
be okay. prepared audience. Yeah. Um, cool. Last, I, I want to start wrapping up. Uh, this has been a, an amazing uh, interview. Um, tell me about your favorite thing that your company does to keep you engaged at work or excited about the companies. There's something in particular that you want to highlight. Uh, what I like about degree is that we have a big flexibility that we work from home most of the time. We go to the office twice a week, but most of the time we work from home. And for me, it works because I sit down and I put my focus on it and then I get things done and, and it works for me. It doesn't work for everybody to work from home. Nobody's, nobody's that dedicated and, and can get into the mood and get things done. But for me, it works. And it's a flexibility that I really appreciate it. Um, but yeah, so I, I think that that's something that I really like it. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and you know, like I, I get a lot of responses here um, from different people about like, oh yeah, they do spiffs. Like, oh, if I book a meeting, I get Starbucks coffee. Or if I do this, I, I get that. Or you know, um, something we're starting at Alti Sales in 2018 is the SDR Presidents Club, for example, where awesome. I've, I've felt um, kind of like cheated by the sales organizations where, yeah, if their sales reps sell a lot of, of, uh, of revenue, then they have this trip to Hawaii and they spend five days and go golfing and do all these cool things. Um, yeah, for the SDRs, there's nothing. So I've, I've said I'm going to change the industry uh, one step at a time. What we're doing is we're going to be sending our top SDRs to Cancun, Mexico. Uh, it's a shorter trip. We're not throwing as much money on it as, as most companies do. Uh, you're not flying first class or anything. You're flying economy. You know, you're one bag allowed. Cancun. <laughs> you're not staying at a five-star all-inclusive hotel. You're staying at a fine hotel, maybe three and a half, four stars. But it's all about the adventure. It's about yeah. we're going to go, you know, on, we're going to do a boat trip with like maybe open, open bar on Friday. Right on Saturday, we might go um, water skiing or bungee jumping or scuba diving. Right, we 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 can have a few different events every every um every presence club, and then it's a bonding time. And then we'll do a dinner and we'll do champagne and we'll celebrate and we give you a reward. And then maybe Sunday it's kind of like a day off. You're on the beach with your friends. You relax, and then Sunday night we fly you back. So, um, can you thing make all of us jealous? Oh, Are that's the idea. That's oh. the idea. <laughs> He's making us jealous. Um, I mean, it's all. I, I really believe in this. Like, if we build an amazing uh, culture and we start doing these things, and, and then it's the old, the old other big difference there. It's it's a quarterly club. It's not a yearly club, right? We're spending way less money, right? So rather than spending thirty thousand dollars per employee or ten thousand dollars per employee or whatever, I'm spending maybe two thousand dollars per employee, right? Five five hundred dollars plane tickets. A uh, $200 hotel for three nights, um, you know, another $500 in events, and then that's it, right? So mm -hmm. I'm spending way less money, and therefore I can do it more frequently because mm -hmm. a lot of SDRs don't stay as SDRs for like 10 years, like AEs do, right? But if we do every quarter, like as an SDR in your career, if you have five opportunities to go to the SDR Presidents Club, like according to my team, they would do anything. To, to get into that club. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah, and I think I could keep the motivation going if you do it more often. Yeah, of course, that's the idea, right? Like yeah. people go, they're coming back and, and we're taking one day off, right? We're taking a Friday off. But the people who are staying, they're like, they're coming back and you see all their pictures all over social media that they were swimming with dolphins. Like, I want to get there. And uh, the oh, other, yeah. 
<laughs> exactly. And the other part is we're constantly training our employees, right? We, we do a lot of call recordings. You might be familiar with our other series. I want to link that below too, where I'm doing cold calling training with random people from other companies. But if we, we're helping you get better, and then we're setting up all the incentives and motivation to get better. Um, we have a lot of remote workers too, which is interesting, but, but I actually don't like people working from home most of the time. Uh, a lot of people are like, I love to work from home and they've never done it. Yeah. And when you do like, I've tried this before and I like look at my bed and I'm like, uh, yeah, you know, I've done 20 calls. Let me just take a five minute nap. And that five minute nap turns into five hours. And then I don't yeah, get any. I, I, I put, I have a habit. I have to get up. Like I'm going to the office. I get up, I get in the shower, I get ready and I sit on right. my computer. And I think my, my company gets more for me from home than in the office because I don't take a lunch. I don't take a break because I'm so in the mood. I'm so dedicated that I don't want to get out because I know it's going to mask my, the way that I'm working. So I just stay work really hard and then I'm done. Yeah. It requires a lot of discipline though. And it seems like you've, you've got that. What I, what I do for my remote employees is uh, we work all out of co-working spaces. So like, I'm going to give a shout out here. You might, you might see the logos. <laughs> I'm at the uh, Sasser co-selling space by Jason Lemkin. And then I have people in, in different places like Nest and WeWorks and things like that. Um, they all, all, all work out of co-working spaces and, and it works for them. Um, I'm yet to try some people working from home. I, I, I have one candidate that might, uh, might start doing that who might, who's joining our company in January. So we'll see. I mean, at least you're showing me that it's possible and like, yeah. I don't need to be too afraid of letting people work. I think you, you need home. to have discipline and then you need to have somebody that's really um, committed and I don't know, driven and it works. But yeah, it's yeah. not every, it's not for everybody. That's for sure. Awesome. Cool. You know, this, uh, this has been one of the longer interviews, but I think one of the most useful as well. Um, uh, I, I don't think I have any other questions to ask you. Uh, I'm so pumped about all the content we're going to put out there. It's going to take me a little while to collect all the info. Yeah. But, I will uh, send you my emails. <laughs> amazing. Any other things you want to tell the audience, uh, good ways to get in touch with you, any, any things you're looking for, you need, or things you're willing to do for other people. I don't know, whatever. Yeah. If you want to know more how I'm doing or anything, just pick me on, on LinkedIn and send me something and we can connect. We can have a little chat and I can share my brain. I don't, I don't know. I don't know everything, but the little that I know I can share. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. The audience is going to appreciate that. And if you're an SDRNA, you work in sales, sales operations, sales development, sales enablement. Um, I want to connect with you as well. Add me on on LinkedIn, if you're outside the industry um, and you still think that my content's really awesome, uh, definitely follow me. You can scroll down at the bottom of the, of the uh, blog and click follow. And uh, I'll keep, you know, putting out amazing content. And I know this is applicable to other industries and other companies too. Um, and yeah, thank you for listening. It was, it was great having you here, Luis. And uh, yeah. hopefully everybody enjoyed it. We'll Thanks. talk soon. Bye. Bye.